Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah, from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I'm your other host, Hill House, from <laughs> Big Love Club. I went blank, dude. <laughs> Holy shit, I went blank. <laughs> that was funny. I could not believe that. I'm I'm going blank already thinking about what I played this last week. Because um, <laughs> we, if you're new to the podcast, we always talk about games that we've played recently. If yeah, not yeah. just the last week, uh, if it was even recent. Because... Sometimes we don't get to play new games because there's so much to do in the games that we already play. True. Um, that being said, um, I do have something to say about that later on in the show. Um, but I, I mean, I guess I can just talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, I was I was reading some articles, uh, multiple articles about how people have received the way Sony is handling their first party games. And I was seeing that there was actually a little bit of negative attention to the fact that Sony's really good at making these big blockbuster cinematic third person games that you don't know if you're in the cinematic and or in the gameplay yet because it's so fluid and they put all of their chips into those titles like Days Gone and Last of Us and um, what is it, Horizon and the Spider-Man games. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I was seeing that there was several articles written about the people that think that Sony is belittling um, new ideas, new ways of making games. And uh, it was an interesting article um, multiple articles that I read. I forget. I think one was from The Verge, but um, I really should have wrote down where they're from. But <laughs> they're interesting articles because I didn't expect to talk about it on the show, but they're interesting because it's the idea that they're not encouraging the development of new genres of games because they're putting so much of their money into games that they know will have a good return. And Sony hasn't in the past... Um, the thing is, they make a lot of money. So a lot of their money does end up going to smaller game developers. Like I played that Erica game that was a PlayStation exclusive. And I thought that game was really cool for the um, FMV genre. I thought that was a very well-made game, the way it tied to a app on your phone. And I was very um, encouraged by that to think well of Sony in the sense that hey they're trying new stuff out and they're giving these people a shot and it's really cool that it's on this platform where so many people can play it and to to think that myself and then turn around and read an article where a lot of people don't agree with that is kind of um, it, it's kind of uh, opening eye opening mind opening <laughs> to the <laughs> idea that that's not really true and um I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it because on one side, you can't complain that God of War is amazing. You can't complain that Spider-Man's amazing. You can't complain that Last of Us 2 is amazing. And it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. You yeah, know. Yeah, and the yeah. more money they make off of those genre of games, the more money they can put into them, meaning the higher quality of that genre. Yeah. But I do also understand the concern that they are stomping out any hope of basically creating a new genre and you got to remember that um i'm trying to remember what game it was there was a game in the last 
Well, you know, things like uh, 007 Goldeneye for the N64 invented reloading. And there was the first game where you had to reload yeah, yeah, in a yeah, first-person yeah, shooter. And there's things like that where you can find games that invented everything that became common practice. I'm sure there's a game that's the first game to use a scope. I'm sure this is a game that's the first game to be first-person. Like, there's a first for everything. But once you get a genre and you just keep remaking games more and more in it, like third-person game. But I, I like third-person games a lot. I have no problem with them. But, you know, I, I, I guess I get the fact that for people who want to have innovating games and people who want to invest in Sony for innovating, and they're very good at innovating in hardware. They're making cutting-edge consoles with cutting-edge features. And to, to some degree, it's actually kind of hurting them because they're making such specifically well-made consoles with so many specific components, it's making them not able to manufacture them easily enough. <laughs> so it has come back and bite, bit them a little bit on that. But just the idea that they're discouraging, passively discouraging new ideas is an interesting thing to think about. So I, it, I don't really, really go into it too much because I haven't done any research on it. But just like, just like it's passively supposedly discouraging it, just passively when you're like looking through the uh, PlayStation Store or checking out new games that are going to be featured by PlayStation that they are developing, um, just take notice of features of the games that you feel like they're original. And then like think about like how much they had to work to get that into the game. <laughs> because there's also the thing where you can be developing a game like uh, Last of Us 2 or God of War, and it has to fit a certain genre. But if you want to throw in a mechanic that kind of breaks it out of that genre, exactly. I'm sure it would have a bunch of pushback. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. You'd be like, well, it's still a third-person adventure game that is linear storytelling with cutscenes and Hollywood voice acting. You know, we still have all of those checkboxes. Well, it's know? like the grapple hook in Halo. Right. The the fallback that came because of that, didn't they remove it? They ended up removing it, right? I believe they did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> because so many people when they saw the uh I believe it was at uh E3 online and uh or something like that and uh they had uh they had showed the uh the preview, the trailer for what they were building mm -hmm. and what was going on and as soon as that grapple hook was shown. I mean, I believe there. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly from what I watched, I believe there was an audible groan in the audience, and then Twitter just blew the fuck up. Reddit blew up, all of it blew up, just because you know that's what that's what can happen. I <laughs> Everything mean, blew up, dude. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, I'm telling you, man, fans can make you or break you. That's ex before yeah. your game comes out, dude. Before it comes out. So that's the thing. I mean, whew, yeah, that's crazy. And that's the risk. That's that is the a risk huge the modern, risk. The modern age of video games. But at the same the time, though, is, it's also a good way of making sure you put out a good product by by keeping right. that open, you know, that, that right, transparency. But, yeah. Right. But you're describing why Sony is playing it safe. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> um, this because is, if you... 
this is Kaplanism. It's Kaplanism. Let's call it what it right, is. If you don't want to bombard it, if you don't want to be bombarded with negative reviews and negative attention and stuff, he was king of that uh, You're going to make a game that you're going to want to make a game that fits everyone's parameters to what they're used to like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly. um, to make a new idea for a game, um, you have to make sure that the new idea is like fantastic today yes. because if it's not it and it's not well received then it's just it's not going to please anyone so i don't know i feel like there's more risk than ever to make new ideas ideas in games as far as like reviews and stuff go yeah. but i do also believe that there is a much broader audience of gamers than there were 20 something years ago and there's a lot I mean, this is just crazy to think about how many games come out on Steam and yeah. the Nintendo eShop and stuff. And like in the mid 90s or mid 80s, um, there was a set amount of games that you could find because the cartridges or discs <laughs> had to be made by the company. Exactly. So you had to get like approval to even write for the thing. Now you could just make anything with like, you know, the Unreal Engine, and you could probably get it on Steam, no problem. Yeah, you probably <laughs> that's could. Just insane. As long as it isn't, like, you know, system-breaking, and it works, um, you can make whatever you want. And that's what's so cool about indie games, and the whole genre of indie titles is um, the fact that you can just make whatever you want at whatever length you want, whatever size you want, and you sell it for what you think that's worth. You know, there's tons of fantastic games under $5 that are meant to, you know, give you a feeling of immersiveness or an idea or a story that is quick to digest. And it just really works for what it is. And that's fine. Not every game has to be this AAA title. I think that's what people are worried about. I think they want PlayStation to maybe have some more like indie titles. And, and what I'm actually thinking about is I'm thinking about things like, um, for instance, um, I'm also like really into movies, but things like Pixar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Before, usually before someone directs a Pixar film, they directed and made one of the shorts for a previous film. So it's kind of like graduating into the ability to helm direction for a film. So you would see like really cool shorts before Pixar films. And then if it was like really well received, they might get the opportunity to direct a feature length film. And to me, those little shorts that are before the films, I feel like maybe Sony needs to, with their big studios, take a couple people out of Insomniac, a couple of people out of Naughty Dog, let them just work on something really short, something that will please all the critics because it's, like a little indie game or something and yeah. just see what they have to bring to the table from the experience of working on some a platformers huge or game, some open you know? tops or you know some yeah some just something some different simple, and, some simple things yeah and people and they could make a studio they could make a studio that's called that they could make yeah. a playstation studios like playstation imprint indie, you know yeah and That'd be a great. It name. would just Use be it. games that it's would yours. make people happy it's for yours, that one Sony. genre. It's yours, PlayStation <laughs> Indie. You should do it. I'm giving this to you. It's yeah. my gift. Just send me a PlayStation Five. 
<laughs> two of them, please. Two of them. I'm not even sure if PlayStation could find a PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's that's um, the next thing to come out. They need a PlayStation 5 and a red and white striped sweater sitting somewhere in a picture that you have to find. If you can, then maybe you can order one. I was thinking about rolling the news music, but I think I'm just going to talk about one of my news stories right now because we still need to talk about games that we played. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we were, yeah. I was talking about indie games being developed and how easy it is, but um, I say that like I can design a game, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the thing is, it's really cool the features that are being given to younger people, I think, that may have dreams of one day designing a game. Yes. Um, speaking of dreams, um, about, I think it was like almost two years ago now, Dreams came out for the PlayStation where you could design games within it. A really cool idea from the makers of Little Big Planet. I thought it was fantastic. Um, we also had Super Mario Maker, which allowed you to make Super Mario um, type games and just make whatever levels you want. Yeah. And that was a really cool idea. Um, even Little Big Planet, the predecessor to Dreams, also had the ability to make your own levels and stuff. So it was similar also to things like um, Super Mario Maker. Um, but all of that um, le- has led up to the announcement out of nowhere that Nintendo is making a game called Game Builder Garage. It's releasing on June 11th. It's going to allow you to make games within the Nintendo Switch. And it's basically dreams for the Switch is what people are calling it. And it has a lot of visual takes and design takes that are similar to the Labo um, garage that had the ability to create games with Labo equipment, like the cardboard stuff. Yeah. So Labo kind of quietly ducked out. Um, (laughs) It didn't really catch on as much as they wanted it to, but... Nintendo is all about taking risks, and that was one that I think we all didn't think was going to go over well. I liked it, And it, it kind of... I liked it, was it cool. but I could see how it, it, was wouldn't, a cool idea. it wouldn't be sustainable. Yeah. Cardboard isn't sustainable to start with is the problem. Yeah, but, it's, just not a, it's just not an idea you can keep going, yeah. Right. It's a cool idea. Maybe if they could make Labo somehow... Maybe if they came out with a Nintendo 3D printer... That would be cool. And it worked with Labo and you printed parts. That would be really cool. That could be the future of Labo. I think that makes sense. You're Um, welcome, Sony or Nintendo. That's number two. Nintendo. That's number two for another company. So that's two Switches we'd like also. Thank you. Pros. (laughs) Switch Pros. The Switch Pro that hasn't come out yet. I know. But when Um, it does, you know, we're we're getting ours in early. We'll get one. We won't have to wait. (laughs) That being said, it's a very exciting. I think it's going to be actually kind of cheap too. I think it's going to be like thirty dollars, and that's pretty cool. Oh wow! Um, I like it when Nintendo releases a game that isn't sixty dollars. Like I really liked when they had that uh, collection of board games for like thirty dollars. That was really cool. Um, and uh, this one also looks really cool. I like the idea of game building. I think it's it really cool to introduce people to the idea of oh i i love stuff like that space yeah i'm excited to see what kind of stuff people come up with i mean i love talking about things that people build in game or mods you know especially that it's just amazing what people can do so i'm excited to see what they do come up with i think it's a great idea so yeah let me get back to the beginning of the show and 
mention what I did play recently. I have been still playing some of Fortnite. Um, I'm enjoying it as a relaxing game. Once again, it's very chill. Yeah. Um, I like the new season. It's fine. It's it's not like amazing, but it, I mean, it's fine. It's like, what do you expect? It's Fortnite. I mean, it's not going to blow your mind, but I don't know. I see it. I see Fortnite as very similar to Minecraft these days. I feel like it's very, I'm sure a bunch of people are cringing, but I see it as a game that you can just jump into having no real plan on what you're doing and you can still have a good time. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool game. I like the new um, crafting features. I do think that it kind of is not as good as other seasons as far as like, environment i'm not that into the primal thing they have going on this season it's just eh it's fine um i do like the uh battle pass i think it has good skins in it uh having laura croft and raven is really cool yeah and uh yeah i mean it's fine (laughs) that being said um i also played a little bit of mlb 21 the show uh and it took me back I was talking about how I have nostalgia with the series and <laughs> it's really weird to say this. So on one hand, it had a lot of nostalgia because it was just like me playing MLB 06, the show back in the day, which is the one I played the most. Um, so it was cool that it felt a lot like that, but it was also kind of like interesting. I wouldn't say disappointing. But it was interesting that it was so similar to playing a game from 15 years ago. Um, the mechanics were about the same. I didn't feel like anything was improved besides graphics. And that's that's really funny to me. Um, 15 years later, a sports title feels exactly the same as far as functionality to me goes. Um which is fine. Um, if they would have changed up all the controls so much like Madden does, where I can't even play a modern Madden game because I'm used to how I played them back in the day, uh-huh. um, I would have been pissed off by that and I wouldn't have played it. But because MLB, the show, has not changed its mechanics, <laughs> it is completely playable by a person who skipped 15 years of the game. And I mean... It's not a complaint. It's just interesting that it's exactly like playing a 15-year-old game with better graphics. So actually what it felt more like was I popped in the remaster of Spyro Crash Bandicoot. It felt like a remaster of MLB 06 The Show to me in the sense that the mechanics and the gameplay was exactly the same. But it was just really nice looking. (laughs) Um. I will also say that it is incredibly uh, mind-blowing when you're playing on Xbox and you boot up the game and it says PlayStation Studios is one of the funniest things. <laughs> you're sitting there with your Xbox controller playing on your Xbox and you just see that PlayStation logo. It's just super weird. Um, being the first game I know of that has done that, I'm, I'm pretty sure... I could be wrong, but it's the first game I've experienced with the PlayStation Studios logo (laughs) when I booted up my Xbox. But uh, yeah, that's really funny. But that being said, um, I had fun with those games and that's really all I've been playing. I haven't even been playing Call of Duty that much. I think I do maybe a game of prop hunt every other day. 
but like I just don't really have that much time for it. But um, yeah, that's all I played. What'd you play this week? Um, actually, I started for some reason. I've been getting into the horror genre besides Overwatch because I just will not stop playing Overwatch. It's you know, it's like crack to me. Besides playing Overwatch, which I normally play all the time anyway, um, I started getting into horror games and I played The Forest. Uh, never played it before. Uh, I think I downloaded it and loaded it up one time and uh, basically got to the plane crash. And then for some reason, I had to stop for some reason or another and just never turned the game back on. So I uninstalled it because I just completely forgot what it was about. But I was reminded uh, by a buddy at work and um, <laughs> uh, started playing it. And I enjoyed it. I actually played with a couple of people who are veterans of the game. And um, they've already completed it probably a few times. Uh, and uh, they were surprised at how well I adapted to it. Um, I expected myself to get you know, really, really scared because I don't do very well with scary games. But I wasn't. I just kind of went in uh, gangbusters and started, you know, going through everything, opening everything <laughs> I could, uh, making spears, um, you know, learning to craft real quick and getting stuff built, built a, uh, you know, used a, um, a, uh, a building that was already there. And here's the thing, too. I was told by one of these guys that I was doing everything possible in the list to piss off the zombies or whatever they are. And, mm -hmm. uh, they just, for some reason, just weren't coming in huge hordes. Like they thought they would. Uh, I was taking down their, their effigies. I was tearing those up and reclaiming the items and using them. I was burning their bodies on fires so that I could use the bones. I was, I was doing everything and I didn't know that I was supposed to do it. Uh, I just started doing it. Uh, when one of them would come up or a bunch of them would come up, I would just start hacking and slashing with my axe or my spear and just kill everybody. So I was like, okay, I thought that's what you're supposed to do, you know? But apparently, uh, stealth is also an option in the game. Uh, trying to stay alive is pretty much an option. Uh, yeah. So I was going about it the wrong way, apparently, but it worked. And uh, I had a good time. Um, I'm excited to play more. Um, we we all three saved the game, so I'm going to be playing with these other people who stream. And um, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'll probably play with some other folks too, just to see what can happen. But I'm looking forward to more games like this, like Seven Days to Die. I think you've played that one, right? Um, yes, I attempted to play it. I've never had like a successful, good experience with the game. <laughs> Well, from what I understand, there but people are... talk about it all the time. So I feel like I'm just not understanding it. See, and I know people who play now that uh, I'm going to jump in with them. And, you know, if you if you think about getting uh, getting the game back again, because uh, it is crossplay, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, these guys know exactly what they're doing and having a real good time at it. And it looked like a lot of fun. And they were gathering things, you know, sure, there's zombies and there's things coming at you and it takes a while to kill them and whatnot uh, at the beginning. But the more you level up your weapons and, and whatnot, you know, you you just get better at it. So it, it was really cool uh, watching them play uh, the dynamics of the uh, body movement of the zombies and everything. It's actually kind of funny. Um, watched a few new things happen that 
some of these guys who have played this game regularly have never seen happen before. So it's kind of cool. So I'm going to definitely be downloading more games in that nature, in that genre and playing those and probably giving some, some good reviews on it. Um, one of my plans is to play all four of the five nights at Freddy's and uh, yeah. uh, blast through those as quick as possible. <laughs> um, I am proud of myself though. I am going to say this, that for the very first time in the history of my gaming career besides the stand-up video games that i used to pump pocket loads of quarters into uh i finally finished a game and it was titanfall 2 finally finished the campaign it was short as shit i was actually disappointed because i was looking forward to some more gunplay and whatnot but yeah. uh <laughs> it was very very short and it, it really really surprised me so anyway but yeah i finished the game so uh, cue the applause, whatnot, foam finger, etc. <laughs> and yeah, so that's all. That's all I got for you, though, man. Played the forest, finished okay. Titanfall two, and uh, I'm looking forward to some more games, man. Some more horror games. This is it's really exciting. Been watching a lot of Resident Evil: The Village gameplay, and wow, mm -hmm. wow, not as scary as I thought it would be, um, but just an amazing looking game, dude. Especially on these next gen consoles, it just wow. Holy crap. I do be seeing why people are simping. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I don't know. I need to research it. I saw a TikTok video of someone running around with like a fly swatter or a shovel. Maybe it was a shovel and they were just spanking <laughs> with the shovel and then running around. I don't know if it's a real weapon in the game. If you can actually know. do that. I don't know. There's a uh, cosplayer. Know, there's a cosplayer who is a uh, model also, and she is just mm -hmm. like super, super tall. I want to say she's over eight feet tall. Um, and she uh she cosplayed as the uh the vampire lady. I can't remember Domescuus, whatever her name is. Uh, but. She cosplayed as her, and it was absolutely amazing. And then had somebody else cosplay as the daughter with the blood all over her face. And uh, yeah. I can't remember her name either. But um, uh, it was really cool because she's. It, it gives you a visual as to what this vampire would look like, you know, um, coming at you. It's holy shit, dude. Yeah, poop would be in thine pants, indeed. <laughs> so yeah it uh but it looks like an amazing game i you know it's just everything is just yeah I, I i need to get a new gen console as quickly as possible yeah um just to talk about horror games though and also to talk about game completion um it'd be interesting for me to somehow figure out how many games i've 100 percent oh, completed God, dude um the i don't know if there is a way <laughs> I don't think it would be, but um, it would be interesting. I guess I could go through my history and see what I have. Cue the Sheldon um, Big Bang brain. You right. would need it. Um, but I I am targeted. I am drawn, I mean, to uh, games that are completable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I don't like to play games like The Witcher 3, which would be like my entire year of game time devoted to completing it. <laughs> um, the games like that, I'm not too attracted to. Yeah. Um, but 
but maybe I can figure that out before next show. I need to write that down. Um, you, the other thing you've is done a lot games. on Xbox, so that's that's where I'm thinking you should start because I bet you have a huge number on Xbox. Yeah, I bet I have almost maybe I'd have less than five on Steam. I know it. I probably have less than maybe three on Steam. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Xbox would be quite a bit. But on the on the subject of horror games is my opinion of playing horror games and basically suspense games or anything like that. Uh, things that are supposed to get your blood, you know, turning. And um, <laughs> those games, I, I am completely fine playing them if I'm with people. Yeah. Or if people are watching me play, um, because then half of the it, half of the um, enjoyment of it is being scared shitless with someone else. True. Um, I have yeah. no interest in playing these games by myself, though. Like things like Outlast and Outlast Two, I don't want to play those games by myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I've downloaded more like you know The Forest or World War Z. Um, I'm going to be playing, uh, I want to play more phasmophobia, you know, because I've heard, because yeah. I haven't played since a couple of the updates and I've heard that the improvements in the game are just amazing and it's just a fun game to play. So I, I mean, I was scared shitless when I played it, but, and I was with other people. That's the thing, man. You know, and uh, I, I just, but yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd rather play a scary game with some people I know than not play at all, you know? Right. Um, that being said, um, I guess we can go on to news, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's time for the news, bitch. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, this is actually kind of funny. Um, I, I'm one of the people that loves, you know, when people get banned for hacks and all that other stuff. Yeah. I've talked about it a million one times. Well, there is a, uh, an issue that's been going on. It's a glitch in apex legends. And, uh, this happens only in the phase runner map. Uh, this is one of the four launch maps at apex legends, new arena mode. Um, basically what happens is there is a rock clipping bug. Now there's one specific rock that lets you clip inside of it and it blocks all incoming damage and no one can see you. You can't shoot through the rock because it's a rock. Uh, no one can see you because it's a rock. So when you squat down and, uh, again, this is an exploit that's only happening in season nine on this particular map phase runner, you can see the rock. Uh, in the map. I don't think it gives you coordinates or anything, but there is a person that actually found it and made a clip. Uh, it's actually quite funny. Um, so yes, you can uh, clip inside the rock. Basically you squat down, you back up or walk into it and turn around and you're inside the rock. Um, no one can see you, but you can shoot out the rock. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of messed up. So uh, in the clip that I watched, it was kind of cool. The guy, squatted down, went inside the rock and shot the guy and left. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Good for you. But how are you going to get a shit now? Um, so 
Respawn has come out and uh, they said that anybody who is exploiting the rock for personal gain, this is not allowed, period. 100% not allowed. And they had a quote said, be aware that abusing this exploit while it's still around is bannable. And they've already started banning people. Um, that's yep. That's dumb. Well, this is they should for, fix the game, not ban exactly. people for using the game. Exactly, and I agree with it. I agree with it. Um, even though, yes, it's a weird duck walk in and out of the rock in order to make the exploit happen. Uh, people are still using it. I think though that what they're talking about is. Um, if you're playing in any kind of competitive way, yeah, that they'll they'll ban you for it. Um, my thing is, how are they going to know? How are they going to know that you're doing it? You know, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> catch you in the act. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how are they going to catch you on it? Um, it would have to be something important. It would have to be a it's just competitive thing. But it's a weird it's a weird reaction though to a small issue, if you think about it. Um even though, you know, the other games, okay, like Warzone, Call of Duty and all that, they they still they still you know, outlaw it. They 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 strenuously suggest against I should say not outlaw because they really don't do a lot about, you know, people who um, abuse known bugs and exploits, you know, and could they just go out and they, they fix it. Um, so those rules aren't really strictly enforced. You know what I mean? It's not like they, uh, they ban people like, like respawn is doing. Um, Cause that's what's, that's what a lot of people are. Same reaction that you have is a lot of people are saying, why are you going so hard on it? Um, look at Warzone when they had the infinite stim glitch um, that would that kept coming up, you know, and it would happen for months. You know, Activision didn't talk about banning people. They just worked on fixing it, you know, so it's a really kind of a weird, in a way, a knee jerk reaction from Respawn for a small it sounds like bug. It sounds like they don't have a way of quickly fixing. It. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be. I feel like if they could fix it in a week, they would just say something like, look for it, a fix for this in the next patch or something. But I mean, and that's the if- thing is people can use the rock. They can use the rock to avoid a team fight. But the, here's the thing. If you're playing the game and there's a couple of you, just like the video shows you, if you look it up, if there's a couple of you going after the same guy and he goes into the rock, then squat and go into the rock, shoot the guy just like the other people did. So technically it's really not an exploit. The guy's just hiding or else just run the fuck away from the rock and wait until he comes out. You know, it's that easy, but yeah, I it's, it's really not that big of a deal. So respawn, you know, whipping out the big, bad band hammer because of people, you know, ducking and covering inside of a rock. I, I don't necessarily get it, um, but it is what it is. I mean, there's really, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Maybe you're right. Maybe they don't have a way to uh, fix it quickly, which wouldn't make sense to me because it's one rock. It's got to be like one fucked up line of code <laughs> or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. There's, I, I may have talked about it on the last podcast, but 
there is there is a window i think in <laughs> in warzone where it looks like a blacked out window but you can actually walk through it which means you can actually shoot through it and uh yeah it's been exploited a lot too and where <laughs> i think it's near promenade or something uh but it's the same thing i mean in what game in warzone really so it looks like one of yeah. those blacked out doors that you're not supposed to be able to go through it's it's in one of the tall hotel buildings and oh, there's wow, a window dude. that's blacked out and you walk right up to it and it still looks like a wall that can't you can't go through but if you try to walk through it it acts like a open window <laughs> oh wow so dude. you can also shoot through it if you get right up on the rim of it you can just shoot out of it so. oh wow yeah but it's one of those things where i mean if the rock is going to get people banned uh it just doesn't make sense if they didn't say anything about it being banned um you would just stay away from it i think the smarter thing to do would be like Tell the community that there is a glitch in su- such and such area to just like stay away from there if you don't want to experience getting killed from a glitch, you know. Uh, in the same sense, if you don't want to die from that uh, promenade <laughs> window in Warzone, you would just stay away from that building and problem solved. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the solution should be just staying away from the building, not you know yeah whatever <laughs> but yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> no i get you man i got one more story for you buddy it's actually kind of funny um mm-hmm. uh, this is a question i wanted to ask you what do you do when you finish a game <laughs> do you just log off the game no you take your shirt off and you start swinging it around over your head and you start acting like it's 1999. You're good. Have you ever played Skyrim? No. <laughs> yes. Well, what did you did you finish it? No, that's one of those games that I probably will never finish. Well, there <laughs> is a player. Uh, I'm going to give you this guy's Reddit name. It's Jai in Skyrim. I hope I'm saying that right because it's J A E. Who finished the game? Finish Skyrim, and instead of you know, is it going, Jaya in the Skya? No, I don't think so. Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, maybe it was a, a Z Nation reference. <laughs> Go ahead. But uh, so instead of going to a tavern and just chilling and logging off the game, uh, this person used a couple of mods called. Kill them all and death awaits us all. Started the game up and systematically killed every living creature and NPC in the game. Every village, town, city, outpost, wandering deer, turtle, wolves, everything. A total of 6,601 creatures plus that were killed. He posted it on Reddit everywhere he went where the bodies were (laughs) and he said they're all it says it is finished 2201 people slash npcs plus over 2400 more various creatures all gone 
I am alone in Skyrim. However, there is one that he didn't <laughs> kill. Um, there is a, uh, <laughs> you know, he killed all the graybeards. Um, and it's like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> exactly. It's really weird, dude. Um, and I hope that I'm He's saying finally this. At peace. I hope I'm saying this right. <laughs> but uh, there's a character, an NPC named Parthernex, who is at the top of the world. And there are cheats mm-hmm. that will help him make the trip, but he decided against it. And he said that Parthernex deserved better than that. He lives. However, he does leave me alone. <laughs> so this whole Reddit history thing was appeared to be written in character as the player's wife. <laughs> and um, it apparently t- looks like it's take it took him months to do all this. Uh, so yeah, but there is one happy part to this whole <laughs> Skyrim news, uh, this Elder Scrolls news. Um, Skyrim Granny Shirley Curry is now there is now a mod where you can completely have her as a companion. However, she is going to have an official cameo in the Elder Scrolls Six, and uh, that's kind of some cool news, man. Um, she Skyler, uh, I'm sorry, Skyrim Granny uh, Shirley Curry is a streamer, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I think we did a story about her way back in the beginning. Yeah, you did. And she blew up like overnight, man. And she's actually very endearing to watch. And Be- yeah, because her, of our story. She, she yeah. was, yeah. And so uh, there, but <laughs> anyway, so there's an official cameo in the Elder Scrolls 6. There is an official mod that you can get right now to where you can have her as a companion. So anyway, it's a little bit of good news to it, other than the complete and absolute murder of the entire Skyrim world that happened. So. Uh yeah, it's pretty. It's Jai and Skyrim, a, way to go. From uh, a Thanos point of view, it's a pretty beautiful story. <laughs> but but it, you know, as a PSA, if you know Jai and Skyrim, and you work with him, I'd be watching him. I'm just saying, um, make sure that you take those uh you know active shooter classes, <laughs> and because somebody's got murder on the mind. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. When I saw this story, dude, I was like, there is no way this person just went through the entire world and killed everything, but he killed everything except for one freaking NPC. And, and it's been, I guess, verified. So yeah, it's crazy, dude. It is. What's really crazy is he, uh, he had the ability to kill everyone. Well, what's really crazy is that he he took pictures and put it on Reddit (laughs) like it was a trophy. (laughs) It's insane. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Okay. Um, Sorry, I didn't let you I kept their toenails for a necklace, but it's good. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, we have some other good stuff to talk about later, so yeah. Okay. Um, I have three quick stories. Um. The first one is, I have two uh, Microsoft stories, but the first one is that Fable, um, it's kind of leaked because it was in a job posting, but yep, yep. Um, Fable is going to be using the Forza engine, and 
That wow. is interesting because that means that Forza engine is like the most popular Microsoft engine for first party games now. Um, yeah. Flight Simulator was on it. Yeah. Um, obviously, all the Forza games recently have I'm, been on I'm it. I'm downloading Forza 4 Horizons right now, and it, wow, looks amazing. Yeah. It's free on Xbox Games Pass, by the way, for PC and yeah, console. I think- I think the thing that is making people scratch their heads is the fact that uh, the engine was built for a car <laughs> game. Yeah. And it's going to be used in a uh, open world uh, RPG type game. But so if it that's works, gonna be interesting. what's exciting is but, if it works so well in a game that it has to be rendered as fast as Forza. You know what I mean? Because that's not, I mean, the the mechanics and the dynamics of that game are very quick. You know, these races are super fast and the, the, the beauty of it is, you know, if you see, if you go watch some of the videos of the in-game footage, especially the 4k footage, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's amazing what they've done with it. So I I'm excited to see what it does for fable. Absolutely. Or any other game that's like this. It's a good move. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, that being said, uh, my other piece of Xbox news is that um, Xbox and Microsoft are attempting to have a better version of pre-ordering um, your next-gen console. In this case, the Series <laughs> X and the Series S. Um, their way of combating it seems like a no-brainer. Um, they said that there would be a limited way of reserving an Xbox Series X or S through your console. So there's going to be like, I guess, a link on your console where it will sign you up for a waiting list to get an Xbox. And that is fantastic. I wish they would have done this before the launch. That way, first dibs for next-gen consoles would go to people that have a current-gen console. That just makes sense on paper, like all the way around. Um, They did also say that reserving a chance at a spot to get an Xbox Series X would be not definite, that there would be a lot of people that would not be selected, so it's just chance. And I think that's fancy talk to tell scalpers not to like have 10 Xbox ones that they got out of like a garage sale <laughs> yeah, and then hook them all up to the internet at once and try to get 10 Xbox series X as the flip. I think that's why they made that statement saying that there's no guarantee that you get a spot is just to scare away people who are going to try to exploit it. Um, but on paper, it makes sense. It means if you have two Xboxes in your home with two people that play Xbox, like Xbox ones, you can just reserve a spot for a Series X. And then when they have more in stock, you get first dibs, and that makes sense. That way, all the stock doesn't get bought up through Amazon and Walmart and Target and then go directly to an eBay listing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so the, the, it's a really cool way of combating it. It's just interesting, and it, it's... <laughs> um, unfortunate that they didn't do this back in October. I feel like this would have had a much better launch where, I mean, at the end of the day, Sony and Microsoft both want people who are actually going to buy games 
to have their consoles. They don't want them sitting in a garage being sold through eBay, you know? So as much as we say things like, oh, well, Sony doesn't care how they sold their consoles, you know, as long as they get sold, you know? So they don't care about bots purchasing, you know, tons of PS5s, you know? I mean, yes, they don't care that they're being sold because they are being sold, but um, it is mainly the retailer that doesn't care about that. People like Target and Walmart are not going to care at all if they're going to sit in someone's garage because they're just trying to sell those systems, (laughs) you know? Um, But I feel like Sony and Microsoft both should have the ability to let current gamers, people who are actively playing games, have first dibs at purchasing next-gen consoles. And it's cool that Microsoft has made this move first, but it'd be cool if PlayStation does something similar, where if you have a PS4, you can get a voucher for a spot for a PS5. That just makes sense. If you've already showed devotion to their brand by spending $500 before, you should be able to do the exact same thing again (laughs) without having to spend $1,500. You know, I I just think all the way around, it makes a lot of sense. And I I really feel like a lot of people will get reservations. I think when they say that disclaimer about you're not guaranteed a spot and not everyone is going to get one, I think that is just them trying to scare off scalpers. I, I really think that's just them trying to say, don't try to exploit this, we'll catch you. You know, <laughs> look at, you know, yeah, but, but I mean, look I, at how many people don't even read that stuff. They just hit. OK, you know. Right. I get that. <laughs> They're just going to blast through it. Not even caring. You know, but but that that also could be like you said, you know, it could be their their uh, their little escape boat so that if they do have to start banning, you know, people, they can't get sued saying, oh, you didn't have a disclaimer. Well, yeah, we did. Yeah. If you live in a house and have 20 Xboxes all hooked up to the same uh, network, I think that would raise a red flag and you probably won't get any reservations. (laughs) So just FYI, if you you live in like, um, like maybe say a dorm or something, um, I would not sign up for it from their Wi-Fi at school. (laughs) I would do it on a home network so that it doesn't raise any red flags. Well, you know, and they, they, they could understand that, though, depending on the area. I don't know. Maybe they have a way to know that stuff, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Or but it's just if by... it's a smaller school, they may just think it's um, That's like true. shit. That's true. <laughs> all, all it would take is like 10 to 20, I think, for it to be like, yeah, that doesn't seem realistic. Yeah. You know? So, um. <laughs> That being said, I have one more story, and it's about something that we may talk about more in depth next week. Um, it's about gaming lawsuits. Uh, we're all familiar with the Epic versus Apple lawsuit, but uh, Sony has been presented with a similar lawsuit about their monopoly over yep. digital games. And this is very um, interesting because... I feel like it's a little bit it's a little bit soon, but there is a factor that they have created that is the reason for the lawsuit. So I didn't know this, but Sony two years ago 
stopped selling digital codes through third-party sellers, um, such as Amazon, Walmart, um, Target, stuff like that. You would not be able to find download codes because yeah. they wanted it all to go through the Sony digital store. Remember, there used now to that be walls is, of those cards that would have games on them. Right. Um, so Sony, I guess, didn't want to be giving any of the money to yeah. third-party retailers, so they made it all go through the Sony store. So all retailers can do is sell gift cards, which they don't really make anything on. Um, so that being said, um, you may not think this is too big of an issue, and it wasn't an issue as long as there were physical games. Not Now, not every digital game yeah. that you can buy has a physical version, but a lot of them that were like popular did have physical copies. Now, the issue we run into with the PlayStation 5, though, is the PlayStation 5 has a model with no disk drive, which means 100% of its games have to be bought digitally through Sony's digital store, which in turn makes it a similar <laughs> lawsuit to the Epic versus Apple lawsuit, which is claiming monopoly over a digital store front. And now... I sided very much with Apple in the sense that Apple does maintain the um, quote console, which is your phone, and um, maintains the store and the integrity of that. And also all of that image and integrity and updates and <laughs> accessibility, all of that does come at a cost. And that does make sense. I can side with Apple in that sense. I do think that their cut is a little bit high. Um, I think Apple gets way too much per dollar spent in the Apple store. I think that's insane um, for basically doing nothing. <laughs> but um, they just print cash, basically. And uh, the Sony store is supposedly exactly the same when you think about it. But it's a little bit easier to digest the Sony issue, I think, for the common person because... It's a physical console that's built for one purpose. It's not a phone that has a web browser and then also happens to have an app store. You know, um, the Sony console, one that doesn't have a disk drive, is 100% a console that plays games that you purchase from one particular app, which is the Sony uh, app store. I almost said Play Store. <laughs> the Sony store app is 100% the only way you can play games on a PS5 with no disk drive. And that's an interesting thing to think about, that if that app somehow glitched or had any issues, it would, day one, not be a functioning PlayStation 5 because there's nothing you could do with it. <laughs> so as much as we talk about uh, Nintendo's eShop needing to look really good and it has really bad search features and stuff like that, uh, PlayStation Store is very important <laughs> For the PlayStation 5 with no disk drive because it is the only way that you can obtain games to play. So uh, it, we'll see how this lawsuit pans out. Um, I just mentioned it since it was just announced, but it is very similar to the Apple versus Epic. And maybe we'll talk more about it next week. But um, yeah, I think it's very similar. And they put themselves in that situation by removing the disk drive. Which is not something bad. I was supportive of the idea to remove the disk drive. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't buy any physical games anymore. So um, I'm 
all I'm all for saving money on a disk drive not being in it. Yeah. Um but that being said, I I don't know. I guess you'd have to be a developer to have a real opinion on it. But once again, we'll we'll talk more next week because I think it's gonna be our big story because we have a different story to talk about right now. You know, yeah, that's one I thing is maybe we let can let you get a, take the reins. Maybe we can actually uh you know we'll 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 shoot out a tweet for this next week and maybe we can find some developers that uh you know maybe even some indie developers that have some opinions over the uh the whole that whole story. You know, we may right. we may find somebody to bring on the show. So uh, it it could happen. So it'd be interesting to get somebody, you know, one of their opinions on that whole subject. I think it would be anyway. Right. So, but we do have a different topic to talk about. Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely. Um, I've been being asked a lot, um, not just at work. You know, there are a lot of people at work that listen to our podcast, but also, you know, on stream and whatnot. We've got followers uh, that watch the stream that listen to our podcast. And they've been asking me, because I do play a lot of Overwatch, what I feel and what we feel is the state of Overwatch 2 with uh, the, you know, um, the exit of Jeff Kaplan and uh, the uh, taking over of the whole Blizzard show. And um, right. You know, so you've got uh, you've got Aaron Keller, who is the new lead of development. Uh, he's basically taken the reins from Kaplan. Um, but this guy was mentored by Kaplan. So as I said before, when we talked about this same issue, you know, I have a lot of faith in this guy. Uh, however, people have been asking about what is going to be happening. Are we going to see an Overwatch 2? Uh, is it something that's actually going to take place? And uh, yeah. I, I honestly have full 100% faith that this will be happening. Now, it's not going to be happening until probably late 2022, if we're lucky. Um, there's a very good possibility that it could be happening uh, um, at the beginning of uh, 2023. But I think it's going to be happening. It's the Christmas season of 2022. And uh, we're going to see this game come out. And from everything that I've dug up so far, uh, it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. Um, have you seen anything yet about this? Uh, yeah, I saw also that um, the new head, uh, Helen Keller, or whatever his name is. Um, Aaron I Keller. Saw that, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw that he had an announcement. That would be an interesting game. Anyway, Aaron, Aaron Keller. Um I saw that he had an announcement that there was going to be a big new feature added. Yes. And, um, and they didn't like give any idea of what that feature was. As far as I know, did you hear any rumors about what the feature is? I do know that a lot of people are confused about the fact that Overwatch and Blizzard are Uh usually, they usually downplay what new things that they have rolling out are. So to come in and say that like it is a big thing is actually very interesting because usually like, yes, when something releases, they're like, oh, we're so excited about this. This is the craziest, most exciting new feature that we have added to the game. But before it comes out, they'll say something like, look for, um, you know, something in this patch and they won't act like it's a big deal. You get what I'm saying? I I think I have a clue as to what it is, actually. I've been doing a little bit of digging. 
And uh, now there's a couple of things that have happened. Uh, I told you earlier that I had contacted or sent out uh, a, an email to a Blizzard uh, to see if I can get any kind of, uh, you know, uh, information, press release, anything like that. I haven't heard anything back yet, obviously. So I went ahead and went to their website, went to the uh, the press kits, etc. I was looking through some of the things. Now, I did already know that, number one, there are some really cool maps that are going to be coming. Uh, now, some of these, uh, we're, we've got one that's called Gothenburg. Um, there's one in India. Uh, there's one in New York. And uh, it looks like there are also, let's see, we've got Rome and Toronto. Um, and some of the new skins that I've seen, one of them that was controversial, we talked about that before, was McCree because people were screaming up and down that they lightened up his skin and uh, <laughs> something else. Um, I don't remember I, thought. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought we had talked about it, actually. I had pulled up a story that I was going to be talking about because a lot of people just went batshit crazy. It's almost the same thing they did with the kit calling, uh, the, uh, the, uh, mercy skin, the Karen skin, um, because of her new camo skin with the short Brown haircut, they started calling her Karen. And I was like, I don't get it. You know? Um, cause the whole classic definition of a Karen is something completely different other than a haircut. So I never understood that. And then people were starting to bitch about McCree getting his skin lightened up. Um, I'm like, okay, so he not riding the range as much. I don't know. Uh, he's not out in the sun as much. I don't get it. Uh, fair, you know, whatever. So anyway, but, uh, McCree has a new skin, a new look, uh, Farrah, uh, Reaper. Uh, I kind of like his new look. It's kind of, um, it's very, uh, 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 futuristic looking and uh widowmaker also um so there's some pretty cool things that you can see at the uh anybody can go check it out blizzard press release press center um you can check that thing out and look at some of the new pictures of the maps that are coming out but there's also something that i saw in a game uh overwatch 2 gameplay trailer um that showed uh rio de janeiro so i'm wondering if there is going to be a new map there also um, that might be a pretty cool place to play a few rounds at uh, with the whole um, PvP thing. Now, uh, there is a new character that I saw that was coming out, um, and that is going to be named Sojourn, um, which, according to the encyclopedia, means to live temporarily. So I don't know why... Uh, that name so that's going to be interesting to find out what that whole story is behind that and you're going to be able to find this stuff out and i'll get to that in a minute but the thing that i think that they're changing and this is based on a couple of different videos that i watched and i went back and rewinded it and watched these specific parts because it was just a quick quick little view of it but you are able to level up your tunes and i think that you're going to have different ultimate abilities the the ultimate's going to be virtually the same. So let's take Maze Freeze thing, for instance. Uh, one of the gameplay shots that I saw of May using her ultimate ability, and then they had a, a, a Reinhardt uh, ultimate slam on top of it, which was just beautiful. But her freeze was almost instantaneous. So I wonder if it's almost, maybe they're going to, um, they're, they're building these tier trees that I saw where you can... Um, pick different directions. And so I wonder if that's going to be for your ultimate where you can pick a different direction, which will change up the game 
in huge ways because of these different combinations that you might be able to build with other heroes. So, yeah, this is going to be really cool. That's what I think the biggest change is going to be, is that you're going to be able to level up. Well, it's not. that's not a secret. Uh, they already said that you're going to be able to level up your character or your hero. However, I think that you're going to be able to not only do that, but you're going to have a talent tree in a specific way, which is either going to deal directly with your abilities or only with your ultimate ability. And you'll be able to change it up in specific ways. Uh, like I said, when May hit her ultimate ability, it was like that entire team was frozen in a split second. It was the weirdest thing I've seen. And then Reinhardt comes in and does his slam and boom, everybody just like broke into shards. It was just crazy looking. So I don't know if that's yeah. part of it or what, but uh, <laughs> I think it, that's all for the PVE. Yeah. The tier trees and stuff like I, that. I'm it's not for the PVE, not the PVP. I'm not sure, man, because the way it looked to me, you'd be able to change up all these other, you know, to your play style. So you'd be able to play Tracer to your play style or Arisa to your play style to your better abilities that, you know, there may be a whole change up to the meta and the way things are done and whatnot to where it, you know, it, it just could be the way that things are coming because they do it with other games in PvP, such as World of Warcraft. Uh, you have right. a PvP talent tree. So it, it would make sense to me that you'd be able to do that, especially in comp, because of the variety that you would get out of it and the game-changing abilities that you would get out of it. Um, I could actually see Blizzard doing this for Overwatch League and for PvP in general. So me personally, I think that this is something that they're playing with right now and um, that they are going to be... Uh, uh, expanding on that's that's my prediction with it as far as you know on this is concerned now on may 20th at 3 p.m and i believe that's uh, pacific standard time um they are doing a two-hour blizzard stream i believe it's going to be on twitch um and it's going to be showing the pvp there's going to be overwatch leaguers there's going to be de uh, developers there aaron keller uh, the director of uh, the director of the development team himself is going to be there, and also the director of art is going to be there, along with, like I said, Overwatch League players that are going to be playing PvP while these guys are giving some commentary on it, because they're going to be showing what is new in PvP, what's going to be happening. Now, that's part of the reason why I say that I think these talent trees are going to expand into PvP, because I think this is something that a huge step that they're going to be taking that is going to change the game in a really good way. I honestly think it's going to change the game in a good way. And uh, besides that happening, um, on the Overwatch subreddit, there's going to be an AMA on May 24th. Uh, I haven't got an exact time on that. I've been looking for it, and for some reason, it's completely skipped my vision. Um, but they're going to be able to grill the developers and talk to them about uh, things that have happened over the past, you know, uh, several years and also what's to come uh, with Overwatch uh, and Overwatch 2. So this is a really good opportunity to get in there. I'm going to be there for sure. Um, and I am going to try to get in some questions and see uh, what can happen. But I'm really looking forward to May 20th at 3 p.m., the whole PvP thing. Uh, I honestly think this is the direction they're going to be going. Josiah, I think that they're going to have some really cool talent trees for PvP. I think you're going to be able to expand your team in directions that you weren't able to before. 
Um, is there going to be some balancing issues? Yeah, I think there's going to be, but there always is in PvP. <laughs> I mean, no matter what game you play, you're going to have those balancing issues. However, you know, we're going to see what happens. I, I'm excited about the possibility of the combos and what you can do. And oh my gosh. And I'm an Arisa main already. You know, everybody knows that. And I geek out over the thought of different abilities that she'd be able to use. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait. So May 20th, man, we've got another seven days, and we're going to th- see what the hell's going on. I will be up at 5 p.m. my time watching that shit. Yeah, and to comment on the PvE, PvP, it would be interesting if they had, because before I always thought that there was going to be a PvE mode where you can, uh, it's basically a whole new game with the same characters in the sense that you're playing against uh, bots, yes. but you can also do multiple runs with multiple challenges and then do different builds in different um, combinations of heroes and then that whole type of tier tree thing will make it have tons of replayability. That's really cool to me. Yes. It's also really cool that they're not abandoning the original game because they claimed that the PvP from the original Overwatch would not die, that it was going to move into Overwatch 2. We still don't know how that's going to happen, but it would be cool if there was also what you're talking about, a third game mode, which is like a hybrid where it maybe they won't get rid of Overwatch's old setup where you have designated roles with designated uh, moves and stuff like that. But what if there was a hybrid mode where yep. it was closer to Paladins in the sense where you have loadouts? Yes. And yes, it's going to be a shitstorm, <laughs> but people might enjoy it. I don't know. The question is, can they make that work? There, I don't know. There should be an arcade <laughs> mode where you can actually do that. You know, but that may, like I said, if they... Right, if, even if it's just an arcade mode, they could have it. Well, if they, if they were to make loadouts the norm, like Paladins does, in competitive or in, let's just say, quick play in general, okay? Uh, if they made loadouts the, the norm, then you would have to have, like you have quick play classic now, You'd have to have another arcade mode, which would be Quick Play Q Classic, you know, or Quick Play Q. And that way you could queue up as whatever, you know, there'd have to be some variations, some differences that you could pick in it. I agree. But um, I, I honestly think that making a permanent tier system or a loadout system would be, I think it would be beneficial to the PvP game with Overwatch. I, it needs a little spice to it. Um, it's gotten a little bland and it, it's just the same thing over and over again. And I don't think that three or four maps is going to solve that problem. I think there needs to be, you know, you're going to have skins, you're going to have this, you're going to have changes to abilities, etc. Cause we've seen that happen, uh, with Torbjorn, you know, and his, his, uh, armor packets. You can't even get that anymore. Um, you know, which used to be a huge buff to a lot of games, um, and, and just certain changes that have happened that have made, you know, loved characters become not so loved and people have moved on to other ones. But I just think that uh, this would give you the ability to really, you know, fine tune your main or fine tune your hero 
to your play style. So I, I, I just hope this is what happens. I really think that it is, but, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, I don't know. So if the question is, is it ever going to get released? Of course. Um, <laughs> Overwatch, as much as they have fallen on their face with um, how they've handled certain things, yes. um, there's way too much money in Overwatch. And even if it's a broken, unfinished game, it will release. The question is when. And I don't know. I feel like fall to winter 2021 would be great. But I'm not really sure if that's actually going to happen. I'm thinking maybe. I don't know. Because at the end of the day, Blizzard's owned by Activision. Yep. Activision, you know, they love the holidays. Yep. But... They also don't want it to conflict with a Call of Duty release. Call of Duty is usually their winter release. They, so, I could see them doing summer um, 2020, 2022. I'm thinking summer. Yeah, because the original Overwatch released in late spring or spring or something. They could just do spring again. Um, That's but true, I, too. I doubt yeah. it's going to release near a Call of Duty because I don't think Activision is that dumb. That'd be really ridiculous if they did that. Yeah, you have a point. You have a point. But they they could like you know in an anniversary nostalgic kind of way release it in the spring. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Well, I guess it was in the summer because the anniversary event is always early summer. It's like the next event. That's true. Yeah. So maybe a year from now they're going to release it. Could be. It's definitely not. It's definitely not this year on the anniversary. <laughs> well, they and they did. He he did say. You know, he did say to set expectations that this is work in progress that we're going to see on the twentieth. So it's not. This is. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not polished up. If it's a year out, it's nowhere near being polished. So, uh, but I still think and believe that what we're going to see is going to be something really cool. So I'm excited about it. I hope that I'm. Uh, I hope that I'm not disappointed. But uh, yeah, we're gonna see, man. We'll see. It's it. It's just been. It's it's kind of been hyped up, and I watched the video with Aaron Keller, and he's not as polished as Kaplan is in front of the camera, obviously because the guy was never in front of the camera as much. But uh, um, I could see, I could see the uh, the you know, or feel the the excitement. You know what I mean? that there is going to be some really cool things happening and watching the trailer, the trailer, it definitely puts some, uh, some love back into it for me. So yeah, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, it's not an understatement for us to say that it is probably you and me or you and my, whatever, however you say it. I'm not a grammar Nazi. Um, <laughs> it's got to be our most anticipated game ever. I mean, yeah, maybe a World of Warcraft expansion for you, but as far as an actual like sequel, um, I feel like we are more hyped for this than anything because we've put in so many hours. Oh, into yeah. <laughs> a lot of hours between PC <laughs> and know? Xbox. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so many hours. Um, 
even though I've put in less, I mean, I, I did math years ago where about a fifth of my free time was put into Overwatch. <laughs> I feel really bad about that now. Like, I can't imagine what else I could have been doing <laughs> in those two years. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that being said... Um, <laughs> We're getting letters yeah, from our, we're getting letters from our yeah. children in prison, and we're going. What happened? Overwatch. That's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> you didn't keep an eye on them. God damn it! Oh jeez. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't parenting you well <laughs> enough during those two years. It was I, very crucial years, apparently, but nobody told me. I, I do. I, that's why I don't do the math anymore. I cringe when I when I see it, especially when I looked at it, like when I how much time I put into WoW. <laughs> ridiculous man ridiculous was it like half a year or something it's way more than that dude because i was playing from 2004 (laughs) on bro (laughs) 2004 wow like can't you just have it running in the background oh no when i was on when i was on it dude i was on it there was a couple of times when i had my back injury and i was in bed playing world of warcraft on a laptop that yeah i passed out and fell asleep with it on but uh (laughs) <laughs> there's many times when I would get up, have a bowl of cereal, sit down and play and realize it was dinner time. So many times, many times this game has caused divorces. So yeah, you can spend some serious hours on it, some serious hours on it. If, if you, yeah, that's why I just don't do the numbers anymore. It's not worth <laughs> it. It's not worth the depression. <laughs> I'd rather just enjoy the game. Anyway, uh, I hope everyone's having a good week. <laughs> hope you're all having good lives. Um, enjoy games. Yes. And love one another. Stay safe out there. And hang ten. And remember, <laughs> it's better to play with a group than to play with yourself. And it's not the newest news in gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's new to us. There we go. Tagline central.